Good evening to um, everyone, all parts of the world, different states of Australia and Sydney as well. I want to talk a little tonight about um, what's referred to in Zen as Samadhi power. Um, the Japanese word for it is Jariki, um, often translated as Samadhi power. Now, um, without wanting to be too academic about it, the word samadhi um, has lots of different complex um, and varied meanings in different cultures. It can mean different things in yoga and Sanskrit, for instance. But the the sort of consensus of the way to um, to translate it into English <clears throat> is that it's absorption becoming united with um, an object um, and the practice of doing sasen is is fundamentally an act of um, inner um, absorption inner samadhi uh, and as we practice that um, it's not enough just to um, sit in that sort of sense of oneness with your breath or with moo or breath counting or whatever <clears throat> what happens is that then there becomes it transforms from a, a, a an inner samadhi of concentrated quietness and we soak ourselves in that over and over again and it comes out in our everyday life so we dealt we develop this ability to <clears throat> be absorbed um, and one with the with the actions in our life, do you know, or with things in our life. And so it has a, a flow on effect. Now, <clears throat> many Zen teachers, including myself, um, can tend to um, speak about samadhi as though it's not somehow as deep or as profound as Kensho experiences, which are sudden experiences. Um, samadhi is more in the in the line of gradual kind of maturing and development and step by step practice. Um, but I want to kind of, I want to challenge that view as well. Um, and if you go back to um, Dogen's teaching, which we follow to to a great degree, he never talked about gradual and sudden enlightenment it was like he wasn't interested in that kind of distinction and um, he really places really no distinction be much distinction at all between samadhi power and kensho or awakening experiences <clears throat> so i really want to um, value um, the importance that um, the developing of samadhi power um, has in our practice now you all have your own experience of doing zazen, um, but let me just share with you what my experience is on a on a day to day basis of doing it. Um, particularly, it's different um, when I'm sitting at home too from when I'm teaching. I've got things I've got to keep in my mind as to what I want to say, but at home I don't have to do that. So there's often a, a deeper state of samadhi develops. But what my experience is that for the first maybe five minutes, maybe it's five to ten minutes, there's a somewhat mild 
resistance to sitting, a um, little bit of irritation in the mind, sort of just sort of getting into the flow of it. And then as I go along, there's more of a sense of it, something deepening. Um, and there's more of a sense of flow to my experience. And by about 20 minutes, something, I can tell something's like biologically shifted in there. And one of the common um, metaphors which is used as to what happens with the deepening of samadhi is uh, it's likened to as though you had a, I think of it like a, um, a cake of butter on your head. And as you, as you practice, as if things relax, um, there's a sense of this molten oil or molten butter sort of coming, just slowly flowing down through your body like that. I don't know whether you experience that or not, but I, I, maybe it's a culmination of having done many years of practice, I don't know, but it happens to some degree almost every time I sit. It's this sense of like everything just relaxing from the top down like, a, like oil going down. And, and maybe if that didn't happen, maybe I wouldn't sit. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the, um, the reward for sitting in some ways. It doesn't always happen. But it's like you, you soak yourself in that place where everything is at rest, you know, and we know from our own experience of it, like the samadhi is like being present with what is without all the thinking that goes with it. And, um, and just refreshing my mind a little bit as I was preparing for this talk tonight and looking at um, James Austin's book, Zen in the Brain. I mean, I, I'm only an amateur neuropsychologist. I don't profess to know a lot about it. But it seems that what he's describing in simple terms is that when we enter into that place of samadhi, it's like we're asleep, only we're awake. It's like we're where our mind's completely at rest, where nothing's moving, and yet we're conscious at the same time. It's like a paradox. But it's like those, it's not just the same as sleep, and it's not just the same as being conscious. It's kind of like both of those things coming together in the same experience. And what is also emphasised in Zen practice is that samadhi from a the way we understand it from a Zen perspective is not the same as going into a trance. And, and trance states are really um, frowned upon in Zen practice. Um, so there's that sense of really being fully alert. It's not like a dull state. It's a very alive state. So there's a sense of being very alive and very conscious and being aware of what sounds coming and going, do you know what's in your visual field, what you might be, be feeling in your body, you, you, you're completely present to all of that. Um, usually that sense of samadhi power is, is understood by neuroscientists as if you're producing a lot of opioids, um, beta endorphins in your brain. And again, I'm not a neuroscientist, but I, my sense is that that's just half the picture. Um, because if there's this very acute sense of alertness um, and attention consistently there, 
It's like there must be the opioids, but there must be something else happening in the brain as well that's keeping it really alive and fresh and conscious. It seems like there's a mix of things perhaps happening there. Um, Samadhi states or the deepening of Samadhi states, that that restful consciousness is is considered in Zen to often be a a precedent to Kensho experiences occurring where there's some, some, some kind of sudden experience that really where the the sense of separate self really breaks down a lot so samadhi is is given some sort of negative press in zen in that it produces calmness but just being calm is not is not really the um that the final aspiration of zen practice the final aspiration of zen practice is to realize that you're caught in a self-centered dream to which you can awaken. And a lot of the Zen teachers caution about just being stuck in a calm place, a calm inner kind of absorption. Um, teachers over the years that I've spoken to, like I remember conversations I've had with um, Robert Aitken Roshi, uh, who said that he had some students uh, when they measured their alpha rhythms and sing like things like that demonstrated they could go into a very deep start of samadhi, deep state of samadhi but it didn't seem to necessarily shift a character change in terms of um, their lightness or their playfulness you know or their ability to engage in life they could be very sort of limited and, and rigid um, so he, he tended to be cr- critical of just samadhi being the whole point of Zen and emphasised this, this waking up experience much more. But they really, they really do go hand in hand and, and it's important that we don't devalue um, that depth of experience that we get in, in samadhi. I think what the difference is, is that if you just sit in meditation, you get... A sense of inner absorption you get that sense everything's really still and quiet and there's no thinking you get that exquisite sense of um, just being intimate with existence as it is in that bare, bare state and so you become one with that but I think what the issue is is not is, is, is that may occur but if you just get stuck there and you don't apply there's not a flow-on effect from that inner oneness to a oneness with your activity in your in your in your, in your daily life. That's where it gets stuck. Mm-hmm. But if it flows on to being one with your activities in everyday life, then it's really it's really working for you. And um, there's such a a thing as um, you could talk about not just meditation samadhi. You could talk about sporting samadhi. You know, that, that moment where a footballer is just there with the catching of the ball, or the passing of the ball, and there's no thinking, and they're just completely at one with what they're doing. That, that's also a form of samadhi. Or playing a, a, a musical instrument is a form of samadhi. No thinking, you're just completely in the flow and in, engagement of it. The problem is what the difference is to people who maybe excel at sport or or playing an instrument or whatever, is the problem is they may be only limited at developing that sense of samadhi when they're playing their sport 
or playing an instrument. It may expand beyond that. It may very well expand beyond that. But some people are only in that state of samadhi and absorption with a particular activity. And, and while they may be very good at it, um, we, like we, we know a lot of people who can be great sports people or great musicians or great whatever it might be, but they struggle in other areas of life. They, they don't find that same oneness in all aspects of your life. So a Zen life, you know, if, if we're really maturing in the practice, is it's not as though we can become with that good part or the thing we're good at over there or that thing, is that it becomes this ability to be um, one with life as a whole. Like whatever presents itself in life, whether it's pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, um, whether you've got a skill at dealing with it or not, there's a sense of turning up to be just one with life as it is. And that's, that's the difference of, of Zen training. It's not specifically about one particular aspect of your life, but how you bring that sense of oneness and, and being soaked in that, that, that restful conscious state to everything you do. It's like I've used the metaphor before, but it's like, it's like getting a cloth and it's dipping it in, in dye. And the more you, you dip it into the dye, the deeper that, that dye becomes. And you just become soaked in that that restful, conscious, mindful state, and then it it flows on to the rest of your life. So samadhi power, not something to be sniffed at, uh-huh. uh, not something to be thought of as just a, a a second best in Zen practice. It's 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 equally important. And my experience is in contrast to what you read in the literature, where it's all, all talking about Kensho experiences. Um, as I've mentioned sometimes before, I actually think most people mature gradually through practice, um, through just daily Zazen and turning up to it each day. And sometimes these, um, these sudden awakening experiences might occur where there's a real, a real vividness of the suchness of life. Um, but if you don't have that, those experiences, it's not necessarily mean you're not maturing in the practice. Um, that, that ongoing samadhi practice will take you to the same place. If you go back to basics, caught in the self-centered dream, you know, and then realizing you're caught in the self-centered dream and you wake from it and you become one with life as it is, however you get there, whatever you want to call it, that, that's what the practice is about.